the top story, the lead, is that I spent a weekend with Brian Stone. I know. And lived. And lived. And he thrived like I've never seen him thrive in the world before. Like outside of Bonnaroo, I've never seen him this happy. What? Guys, wow. he was on cloud nine. I've never, in the 15 years of knowing this kid, have ever seen him this happy. I've, I've, in the 15 years I've known him, never heard the word happy uh, I know. put next to his name. <laughs> Even at Bonnaroo, he's miserable. Oh, but yeah, he can't stand it. He catches so himself. Not, if he's happy, he's only, like, i got to kick myself in the shins or something. Cause. I've, I've got to sabotage my life somehow. How can I make this? Now, I will say, uh, the first day, the, I mean, the first second that he walked in the door, he goes, where's the closest liquor store? What the hell is that? Stone on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity, and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone on air. Ah, well, hello there. How in the hell are you? It is the first of the month. It's the first of the month. August is gone. Gone with the wind. September is here. This is the Stone on Air podcast. At Stone on Air on all social media is how you can find it and anything else that I throw out there on the web to see. My name is Brian. Thank you for being here. Let's get this Thursday started off with a bang, shall we? And I have no idea what let's get this started off with a bang is uh, supposed to mean. <laughs> Just kind of sometimes say stuff, and I don't know exactly where I'm going. I will say, though, that I have a lot to get to. I probably crutch on saying that a lot of weeks when I don't really. I really do a lot today. None of it's important, but uh, I enjoy it. A lot of audio. Uh, anybody who's regular knows I have fun playing with audio clips on the show, and I have some in every, well, the first and the third segments, and then just a traditional uh, rejoin into the second. But I always have fun with that. I'll just lay it out here real quick. Um, in the second segment of the show, I made the first TikTok I've ever made, a real TikTok. And the reason why I did it was because I was kind of on the shelf, uh, on, under the weather, but not like sick with a contagious you know, disease or virus. It was because of a medical uh, procedure, excuse me, that I had to uh, undergo. And I'm going to tell you without any real detail what it was and why I'm going to tell you. That'll be in the second segment of the show. Also, with some people I ran into that were like almost horrified that I was on TikTok, which I thought was weird. Horrified might be a strong word, but all of that in the second segment of the show. And then that'll segue into the third, which is going to be just social media in general where it's going, what it's doing, and how it's changing, and how I believe that Facebook very well could be one of the least innovative and least creative, uniqueless companies in the world, certainly media companies in the world. After I already knew some of this stuff and looked more, I'll dive into that and spread out in the third segment and try to make all that make sense. On the front end here, I have, oh, first of all, on the front, on the very front end, that was the What Podcast with Brad Steiner, Barry Corder, 
and Lord Taco. It's uh, the Bonnaroo, but more just music and uh, festival kind of turned into podcast through the Consequence uh, Podcast Network. It's a video cast. They have an amazing uh, setup through uh, what Lord Taco puts together with all their YouTube and um, interactive and social medias. It's very well done. And they spent about 10 minutes on me the other day. That was uh, I was with Brad in North Carolina, uh, North Carolina, in uh, New York. As you know, if you've listened the last week, I explained it. And uh, I thought that was pretty good. And um, it's a fun show. So the uh, What Podcast, if you want to know what's going on with those three dudes and Bonnaroo and music festivals and the music industry all the way around. I was happy to uh, be fodder as uh, usually I'm getting made fun of hard. This time it wasn't as much, just a little, just a little, but it was a, it was a fun time in New York as if you listen, you already know. So I want to get to the three pieces of audio I have as soon as I can here because it's a little different than normal. And I'll explain when we get to that portion in about five minutes from now, because I'm going to have a lot of commentary on it. So more on that short. Let's jump on a few things here from the last couple of weeks' response anyway. Rhonda Thurman, the uh, Marjorie Trailer Park Green of the Hamilton County School Board, basically says uh, little to no speaking, English-speaking children, which there's entire programs that are funded with teachers to help uh, uh, new to, what do they call it, uh, English as a new language learners, and if I were just to put it in a quick paraphrase, basically Mexican kids are getting in the way of the white kids learning in elementary school. It's kind of their racist point. This was a response from Amanda Edens, a fifth grade teacher. As a teacher in one of the schools listed in the article, the majority of our students are Spanish speakers. Our students and families are far from being one of our primary problems. In fact, they're not a problem at all. They're undoubtedly some of our greatest assets as educators. This is simply untrue. Going to the comments she made about uh, Hispanic students keeping English-speaking students from getting ahead. This is simply untrue. One of the most amazing things about teaching ENLs, English as a New Language Learners, is that the teaching strategies that benefit students learning English for the first time actually benefit every student in the classroom. Language ac acquisition is an ongoing process for everyone. I have taught in the, on the East Side for 11 years. In that time, I have never once felt disrespected or distrusted by our students and families either to imply or outright say that this county's Hispanic students are overwhelming, quote unquote, or a burden is offensive to those students, their families and to those that teach them. So there's that. Uh, I'm just going through my list here. I-75 up towards Ottawa, north and south, down to two lanes. I mockingly said there's no way to be done in the month that they said it would be. As of today, when I'm recording on the 31st, they're done. It's wide open. So my bad, TDOT, they got that job done in exactly the month time frame that they said they would. Um, I watched the movie Nobody the other day because Bob Odenkirk's in it, and I'm just still like having my Better Call Saul uh, withdrawals, so I wanted to watch something with Bob in it. It's the biggest piece of crap I've ever seen. <laughs> Movies are so stupid. This is as dumb as a movie could get. I would not suggest it. Uh, da, 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 da. I've got a Moon River Titans conflict again coming up in a couple of weeks. i got to decide between the festival or going to a Titans game. And with it going to be so hot, I might decide to skip the Titans. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Sam Gooden from The Impressions. I'm not going to act like I have any idea or like fond recollections of The Impressions or that I even knew that a founding member of the band lived here. Rock and Roll Hall of Famers passed away the other day. Barry Corder had a great piece in the Chatter Magazine. is where I, I had heard uh, you know social media, Facebook, talk about somebody who had passed away from The Impressions and something. I, I saw that headline, but I didn't read it until I saw 
uh, Barry's uh, column in the Chatter Magazine. It might have been the TFP as well. So if you want to give that a look. And what else before I get to the final thought here, before I transition? That's looks like that's about it. So a friend of mine sent me the rap sheet for uh, the guy, this just scum of the world dude who was raped the Uber driver the uh, the other not long ago month, I guess it was. It was he's already pleaded guilty, luckily, and and he's behind bars for a long time. It would appear this guy has been up to no good. For a very, very long time. A quick recap of the story. He was at Chili's on Campbell Road. Uh, he was apparently a regular there. And he was visibly wasted. And one of the waitresses called him an Uber from his phone. Helped walk him to the car. And they thought he was fine. Like a, a pretty normal, everyday kind of guy. I guess the judgment at a place like Chili's and... Applebee's and these types of places, which are just basically glorified McDonald's with uh, beer on tap and, uh, and and liquor behind the bar. Uh, apparently, within just a few minutes, a mo- couple miles down the road, loses it and, and, in a sense, takes this woman, capture, kidnaps her, and rapes her. And so that's as far as the recap I could do on the show, or, or right this moment, as I'm running out of time fast. But uh, So I get his uh, his rap sheet here, and it goes all the way back to 2004, 37 years old, if I remember right. I don't remember his name. If you want to know, all you got to do is look it up. Uh, in 04, he was picked up on a sale, selling of alcohol to a minor. I'm guessing maybe he worked at a, a bar or a, uh, a gas station or something. In uh, 07, passing a school bus illegally. Uh, in 07, also later on, seatbelt law violation. In 10, speeding. In 10, also DUI. Those are not the same uh, implied consent law drivers in twenty in uh, twenty twelve burglary of business, also in twenty twelve vandalism over five hundred in twenty fifteen fugitive arrest from crime in another state, driving left of center line in eighteen driving under the influence again in eighteen, uh, violating auto registration also in twenty eighteen. And then it jumps to aggravated rape, the one I was just talking about, also with kidnapping, assault, and sexual battery. And then two from 2013, burglary of business and vandalism. Now, this is a guy who clearly is a perpetual uh, law breaker. He will steal your stuff. He'll rape your women. He will cut you. He will hit you. He will create havoc. He is a menace to society on all levels. To the point where if you you know somebody is nonstop breaking the rules, the laws, um, and just an overall uh, a menace when you're getting caught passing school buses illegally. When you're having a seatbelt law violation, in case you wondered, no, that's not the same time when he passed a school bus, they also gave him a seatbelt law. Those were two, between three months apart. And then speeding a year and a half later. So some of these are simple things, but you don't get caught doing these simple things and have a rap sheet if you're clearly not breaking the law at every step that you turn on an everyday basis. I'm sure there's there's drug abuse involved. We know there's alcohol involved and maybe mental illness as well. And it sounds like maybe somebody, counsel, some family members just sat down and said, it's time for you to sit behind bars for a while, son. And so to get this menace off the streets is a very, very good thing. All right, so let's do, this is going to still be a three uh, audio clip kind of thing, 
but different than normal. So let me set this up. Hang on. Okay, so you didn't have to actually wait. I just had to turn things off for a minute because the uh, my, my screen went to sleep here. I want to make sure I had it lined up just right. So I often talk about my ideological heroes. And those three uh, are Brian Williams, Eddie Vedder, and Bill Maher. But I also have a long list of of radio and broadcast heroes. And in that case, in those settings, ideological thoughts don't matter. Now, they usually line up pretty close, but that that's not the reason for champion these these types and one of my favorites of all time is Keith Olbermann now he is a lunatic he has absolutely gone just bat shit crazy on the the Trump hate that's all he ever does I've kind of just ignored him for a while but he's so damn good at delivering a show at delivering commentary at delivering news broadcasts, sports broadcasts. I mean, obviously, his huge, one of the biggest things ever happened to ESPN. I just can't follow his crap he does online. It's just, it's just, it's just annoying, and it's, it's not what I remembered as that that great broadcaster. Well, he now has a podcast that's modeled after his old TV show and a spliced combination of his old uh, ESPN television show, and it is just him doing commentary just like I do every week, that people have a hard time understanding how do you just sit there and talk into a microphone for an hour and not really have, you know, you don't have any other interaction with anybody. To me, it's simple. And to Keith, I had no idea that this was the same way he would think. It's the same kind of thing. And how I found out that this show was available now, starting on August 1st, was because I listened to Tony Kornheiser all the time, which was also a broadcast hero of mine. And um, he started talking about it on his podcast just last week and um, here's what turned me on to KO's new show look I really like Keith I I don't know I I remember he told me he had a podcast and I said oh are you gonna have you know who are your guests gonna be and he sent me back a note that said guests no we don't have any guests (laughs) Keith just sits down and does this yes that's what Keith does look I'm not telling tales out of school here Keith Oberman and Dan Patrick were the best thing that ever happened to ESPN. They're it. They're number one. Now, did they self-immolate? Sure. Of course they did. I mean, Keith can't do anything for any great length of time without everybody going crazy around him. I've had very dear friends work for Keith and go, oh. (laughs) And I I do. I love him. I love him. And he's a singular talent. Yes. He's brilliant. I don't say that about a lot of people. Keith Oberman is brilliant. Yeah. No, but I don't know how long this one's going to go, because how long do they go? Not not long. Usually whatever his projects are, at least in the last 10 years, because uh, the guy's a nut, just to be perfectly simplistic about it. But uh, uh, one portion of the show, of, of KO's show, he was talking about how, you know, he people kept talking to him to do a podcast. And he's like, podcasts are so stupid. I couldn't, I couldn't remember where this was or would have pulled it. Um, it's just it's just a bunch of people. Who the hell are they? Just talking to each other about what? You know, just it's one podcast host talking to another podcast host. Why would I care about that? And that's really the way I feel about the whole medium. That's why I don't like it. That's why I don't listen to any of them hardly. It's just a bunch of people sitting around talking to each other. I like this approach. And I know that it's an uphill battle to get people to listen to it. But when you're, you know, as, as prominent as, as Keith Oberman, I hope it works because I love it. The, the basic gist of the show is the first front end is his monologue of just basically Trump hate. It's pretty annoying. 
The middle section is his worst person in the world, his little sports blurb, the dog he's trying to find a shelter home for, which he does on Twitter. It's very admirable, but I don't. it's not great content, but it's very short. And then a couple other little just like Dateline kind of news clips. And then it ends at the end with him telling a story of his past. So it's labeled as stories I said I'd never tell. So it's basically just 30 years of broadcast uh, journalism, if you will, and broadcast uh, announcing and his interactions with people from CNN, ESPN, MSNBC, and more. But this story he told about his time at Ithaca College at WVBR in 1976 when he first got introduced to radio and broadcasting and he was starting to learn how to do it, this is the advice he got from the uh, instructor at WVBR in 1976. She said, more or less, this may sound like a joke, but it's not. We always give this warning on the first night of training. If you ever want to listen to the radio again and just enjoy it, here's the door. Leave now. Several people laughed. No, <laughs> I'm serious. Even if you just start training and then leave, it'll still be too late for you to ever just enjoy radio again. And the further you get into it, the more things you have to cross off your list. It's, it's not that I can't listen to the radio anymore. I can hear every accent. I can hear everybody with a mushy S. I can hear the dead air. I can hear the bad segues from record to record. That effect that you will hear every mistake and reduce every joy to something technical, that actually began to wear off after 20 years or so. I can put the radio on now and once out of every, I don't know, three or four hundred times i won't hear the mistake or the sibilant s or the news reporter coming on and his volume in the studio is too low and he sounds like this oh it's so real it's so true i thought about doing a whole 20 minute segment on this and i probably should have so i'll move fast it is it is so true i cannot listen to this medium anymore i cannot it, it has ruined it for me and as I'm, I'm guessing it's true in most specialized fields where you feel like, especially in an ego-filled one like this, that you know how to do everything better and you know how to do everything best and everybody else is lazy and screwing things up. And while a lot of that is going to be true because of this industry is littered with these morons, oftentimes it might not be, but I would say more times than not. I can't listen to these morons in some of these stations in the, in the, here locally. They just, it's like, God damn, man, what, when did you stop trying? When did you regress into this incredible field that we all love so much that you still have the the pleasure and the privilege to still have an opportunity and you're this bad how can that be true how can that be reality and uh the final one here i believe i've thought this over the years too my again might be just ego thinking that i can do all these different kinds of other lines of work that i don't know anything about it's ruined not just radio it's ruined other forms of entertainment as well and she continued it even begins to affect watching TV and movies because radio gives you an idea of how TV and movies work as well. There's an old saying, if you like sausage, never go see how they make sausage. Even if you like watching them make it, though, you'll still always think, I wonder if they're making it correctly. What's the recipe here? So if you want to enjoy radio or music or television or life ever again, <laughs> leave now. The guy sitting next to me left. I did not. If you want to enjoy listening to radio, get out while you can before we teach you how to do it. Sausage does not look that good ever again. He goes on to talk about how he was the instructor at Ithaca College and other places where he used that same line of uh, of teaching to people. And I've just I've always thought that myself too. This industry ruined me for 
the industry. Now, the times and the 21st century and technology has ru- ruined the industry as well, but uh, this this could have applied 30 years ago, 40 years ago, just as much as it did for KO during his time. That's Countdown with Keith Olbermann. It is a daily, daily podcast, and it that's got to be a grind. It's a product of iHeartRadio, so he's clearly going to be making at least some money, and uh, there you go. I, uh, I love it very, very much. But don't don't put me in the boat with KO and all his wacky, crazy, delusional uh, opinions and political stances because I'm not on board with that. I love him as a broadcaster. I created my very first real TikTok following one of the very popular TikTok trends. And I'll tell you why I did it coming up next. Now more Stone on Air. It's about to get all stupid up in here. Stone on Air. Here's how to do the teenage dirtbag trend, and this also covers how to use green screen. It's helpful to have your three photos ready ahead of time, and you can put them in a folder or put them at the beginning of your camera roll so they're easily accessible. Grab the trending audio from the TikTok that I have linked in the caption below. And you're going to use it right away. The first thing you need to do is turn off the effect, because right now the green screen is back here and we need to record the opening. So we're going to turn off the effect for a second. Set the timer to 4.4 seconds. And then you're going to record your opening. Next, you want to turn the effect back on. So you go into your effects. It should be right up here where you left it. <laughs> and then if you have all photos in your camera roll, so pick your first photo, put it in the background, and make sure you keep your face away from the center of your phone. Back. Switch it. And that's how you do it. Tag me in your TikTok so I can see how you did. I don't even remember the name of the band that did this song. I didn't even recognize it when I pulled it up the other day. I remember the song. I think it was uh, in American Pie, that dumb movie, or dumb movies, and all those coming-of-age emo-type, millennial-type movies. And it turned into this big um, trend, and it's still kind of going now. And, and I'll get to more of that here in a minute. I want to talk about why I, I did it more first. But it was it was fun. So uh, let me just shelve that for a minute. And uh, why is that not there? Oh, there it goes. Okay, my bad. So real quick and ser- totally seriousness here. Um, I've had two friends uh, get diagnosed with two very different variations of colon cancer in the last couple of years. And one was more like four, three or four years. No, actually, they're both about the same, about three, four, some odd years ago. And they were both a couple years older than me, maybe only barely a year older than me. And one of both great old friends, um, just long time, one a much closer, almost family friend, and another that's just been around my whole life and love them both dearly. One a female, one a male, Sean the male, he passed away this past spring. And he had stage three once he found out. And my friend Marissa, she has a very treatable form of of a colon cancer. And she, at this point, is very, uh, it's very positive that she's going to be good long term. But it's a constant grind, a constant uh, uh, hospital visits and needles and IVs and and at one point, you know, the heavier doses of I, I, I can't speak to any of this, you know, jargon, the, the leukemia things and all the I don't remember what's what or any of those things. 
but it looks like it totally sucks. And the little I've talked to her about it, it, it looks like a nightmare. I go to do a small procedure, get my teeth cleaned. I act like my, my freaking life is over. You know, I get I, I, some blood drawn, and I have to have people around, you know, fanning me and making sure I don't fall over and fall, you know, pass out of my chair. I'm almost being completely literal. And I've never had a surgery, and I've never had, you know, anything um, of, 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 a, of a real medical procedure done. So when I hear the little I talk to her about it and I, what I know about it, it just sounds awful. And then, of course, the ultimate awful, my friend who passed earlier this year, and he knew that he was terminal for a long time, so that one was just... You know, we're, we're just waiting. But they both got had some issues, uh, symptoms, that based on the little bit of conversation I had with anybody involved, for the last little while, I've started to feel like I had kind of similar things. And I, um, I'm not a hypochondriac. I don't scare myself to death online. I don't WebMD myself into a coma. Uh, I, I'm not that way. And so I was starting to have issues that were being so consistent and so irregular from what I would, you know, think where I am in, at in life and age where it should be. I started to get a little concerned. And after talking to Marissa and then, you know, knowing what I know about Sean, I thought, you know, I need to I need to do something about this. And I'm a, I'm a fan of, of awareness. I really am. It can be a little annoying, you know, when you're watching a game and you see, you know, stand up to cancer or you see these things. Um, you know, pink and light blue or whatever on these different things. And people do these uh, awareness things because it's very easy. Oh, yeah, of course. We all know about cancer. Well, no, do you really? Do you really? If it wasn't constantly in your face at many times from different organizations, from people you recognize, from people you uh, follow, from uh, stars, musicians, actors, all these things. If, it, if you didn't get reminded of it, would you really ever actually think about it? Probably not. Probably not. So I decided once this was over with, I would talk about it for a minute to hopefully do that kind of relay, if you will, of information, a, a, an awareness. I got a colonoscopy, and it's really not that bad. It's really not that bad, and the best part of it, I'm good to go. I'm totally clear. I've got some small something we're going to treat. Um, it's, it's nothing that's not very ordinary in American everyday walk-around life that, that doesn't even necessarily need any kind of prescription medication, but we are going to try something. So there's the end of that. I'm fine. But it, it really took a big weight off my shoulders. And, I, you know, it's not something anybody wants to talk about, clearly, but the, the, the technology has gotten so amazing in all medical fields. And I have such palatial, wonderful uh, facilities to go to through my insurance. I don't know if everybody has this. I don't, I don't know. I've never hardly ever had to use my insurance for anything. It was a really, really, as simple as a complicated process could be, it was pretty It was pretty good. And, you know, I told everybody from step one, I don't know what I'm doing here. I need you to, you know, I, the needle in the arm thing, IV, I've never had an IV put in before. I've never been put under. They do put you under. So you're not, you know, you're not, a, you're not awake during this. Um, I've never been put under. That concerned me. Um it's just a lot of questions. It's a lot of uh, phone calls. It's a lot of prep, which is the worst part. The prep is the worst part. So if you're ever feeling like uh, there's something wrong, you're gonna. If you're listening to this show, you're in the neighborhood needing to get this done anyway. You know, just by doctor's suggestion. I just hope this comes as a thing of somebody can say, well, if if that pussy Brian can do it, <laughs> if if that scared of needles guy, you know, 
Mr. Uh, Billy Badass Wannabe on the podcast and radio, if he can do it, well, sure as hell I can too. That's kind of what I hope comes out of that. And I'll put the end of, uh, on all that. But it does, it basically takes 48 hours out of your life. It's going to take you, you got to put 40, 48 hours uh, in the corner where you de- dedicate your time, nothing to other than just dealing with that. Really, it's closer to two and a half days, just depending on how your system reacts to everything. But so I'm sitting around on Friday. The procedure was Friday morning. I get home um, around 11 in the morning. So I get a whole day. You know, I'm normally just on my way to work at that point. And there's nothing to do. I, I, there's nowhere to go. I can't drive. I didn't have a car there, actually. It's a long story. But you're, you're, you're suggested not to drive the rest of the day. That's a huge precautionary thing because I could have driven just fine. But I wasn't going to. You're not supposed to drink. I didn't drink until the nighttime. I waited till after 7 o'clock. I couldn't eat because I still had too much in my system that wasn't settling. Eating, even though I hadn't eaten in like two days. So there's nothing to do. There's nothing good on TV in the middle of the day. And I'm scrolling through TikTok, and um, like I normally do, and just get lost in it for a few minutes. And then I see another one of these Dirt, a teenage dirt bag trends. And what they basically are is uh, you show a picture of whatever you want, even if it's just a picture of you or a video of yourself or whatever, current day, and it leads up to that song, to the chorus, I'm just a teen, and as soon as it hits that point, you start flashing up pictures of you, ideally if you follow it to the letter of the name of the trend, pictures when you were a teenager. Now, not everybody does it quite like that, that just when they're considerably younger, but everybody from Britney Spears, Paris Hilton, Mick Fleetwood, uh, who else did I see that I'm not thinking of at all right now? Uh, Neil Tyson DeGrasse. I mean, from all walks of life, all different kinds of entertainers and uh, well-known actors and, and, and whoever they might be, or, and then just some of your friends, it was really, really uh, just everywhere. And I thought, you know what? That can't be difficult to do. Because t- TikTok is a very sophisticated app as far as uh, filters and effects. And uh, I can't even speak the terminology. It is, it is like a movie studio in a phone. It really is. It makes every other social media look like they barely know what they're doing. Um, more on all that, too, as Instagram is trying to change that. I don't know if they're doing it successfully or not. But I thought, surely I can figure this out. And so I sat down, I started going through, I got a bunch of old scrapbooks, I keep pictures, finding some teenage pictures is not going to be that big of a, uh, of a difficult process. Not a whole lot as a literal teenager, plenty in my early 20s, but I, I did keep it true and got 16, 17, 18, 19 year old pictures, about three or four of them. And then I just watched some tutorials, that was the woman on the front end from YouTube on how to do it. And uh, put it together and thought that was, you know, pretty neat. It took me about almost an hour to make a 12-second video. I know that sounds pretty pathetic, but again, think about my scenario. I've got all day to kill, nowhere to go, no one to talk to, nothing to do, nothing to see. I would never take an hour out of my day when I have many things to be doing to make a 12-second video for TikTok. There's just no chance I would do that, or for Instagram, or for Facebook, or for anybody. So I was uh, pretty proud of it, actually. I thought it looked pretty good for doing the for the first thing, and I actually got a little bit of traction, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19 likes, four or five comments. I've never gotten any of that on TikTok because it's, you know, I, I don't, I've never posted there before. And so then, um, 
I, I shared it to Instagram as well so people could, you know, I jokingly, but kidding, not kidding, said so people can actually see it. And it got a lot of looks and, and a few comments. And then I went out on Saturday to the riverboat where the Southern Bell is docked. Never been there before. A uh, really, really cool place. I didn't realize it's like a little tourist trap. They have like literally a, a, a big gift shop. Uh, in there and then up top they got the burger bar and all that and i know it's been there for a while i've just never stepped foot in there before and just happened to be where we decided to go before we went to riverfront nights and it's a whole handful of us at the table and we're having beers and it's a little more drinking in the middle of the day than i'd like and so somebody said something about yeah what about your ticket yeah brian's on tiktok now i'm like guys i've i've been on tiktok for almost two and a half years you guys don't even you know you haven't even looked at this and about a half of them, well, a handful anyway, three or four, were adamantly just like, "Oh no, no, no! You, you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be on that." Like, what the hell are you talking about? I should, I shouldn't be on the most popular social media, maybe app in the world. What are you talking about? And then one of the dumbest guys at the table, who is always good for the worst comment of the day, uh, oh, uh, Joe, Ro- I was watching, listen, to Joe Rogan. He said, and then he started just, just as. Pre- you know, try to regurgitate the nonsense that, you know, meathead Joe Rogan says. And I'm like, just pipe down, dude. Pipe down. There, you're, if you're just now all of a sudden worried about China or worried about safety and, um, and, and your data and your, uh, your information being safe online, then you're clearly have no idea what you're talking about. So I don't need to hear any more out of you. Of course, I didn't say it like that. But then two, three others at the table who I respect their thoughts and opinions, really, especially one was the girlfriend of, of a longtime friend who is a big self, Miss Selfie USA. I mean, Mrs. Selfie USA. And uh, just, ugh. When she told me, and I love her to death, when she told me that she was like, like she just scoffed at me, like, oh, no, it wouldn't be on TikTok. And she's doing that because she's been told by her husband, or not husband, boyfriend, and others around her that, oh, China's going to come get you and all this scary nonsense, you know, bullshit that's not real. And I said, I was like, listen, Alyssa, you would adore TikTok. It's great. It's you. It's everything you want to be in a social media. And it just, it surprised me. And they were very much like, no, dude, you're an idiot, man. I mean, they, they, they looked at me like, not just laughing it off. Like, nope, you're wrong, dude. So, I don't know. There's still a lot of people, I guess, that don't really even hardly know what TikTok is. I got a bunch of different things to look at here real quick. Uh, just a few highlights. Instagram co-founder Kevin Seistrom suggested to his bosses at Facebook that they buy a similar app called Music Musical.ly, Musical.ly. Facebook executives didn't trust the age verification and otherwise some other things of, uh, you know, it would be tough getting an acquisition of a China-based company, past regulators, a few other things. Uh, Facebook's research showed Musical.ly was clearly most popular with preteens, and that was true at that time. ByteDance bought the app instead and renamed it TikTok. Well, all the preteens and teens that were making it so popular, the old app, well, they grew up and became cultural trendsetters. Around 2000 or so is when things really started to take off. Find a little bit from this one. ByteDance spent heavily on advertising TikTok via Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat. And during the pandemic, the app took off. 
Researchers expected TikTok's growth would fade along with COVID-19 lockdowns, but the opposite happened. Instead, Facebook, that's having trouble growing, and Instagram, the company's center of cool and culture, isn't starting the trends anymore. And I'll have a little bit more on that next segment as I branch out a little bit more into all these social medias and where they have ended up. So then I started to look around to make sure that I wasn't talking out of my uh, you-know-what and see what are the dangers here. And I'm not going to bore you with this whole long thing, but you'd find some that are saying, oh, they're coming after all your privacy, China this, China that. And then you find others that were a little less and some complete opposite. Well, how about Business, business Insider for you? Businessinsider.com. Is TikTok safe? How to make your TikTok as private and as secure as possible. And it goes through here with all these different checks and minuses and boxes and this, that, and the other. And from what I can tell from reading it all is that basically if you use this TikTok, this, this social media, like you use all the rest of your social medias and you have even a lick of sense online, this is not any worse for you than anything else that you put your name, email address, birth date, ne- anything else online. It's no different. Almost completely no difference. Now, if you're a numb nut, if you're getting into trouble, if you're hanging around in dark, dirty areas all online, well, I can't help you there. But this small portion here I did highlight, many cybersecurity experts suggest keeping all this in perspective. Quote, of all the serious cyber risks facing the average consumer, TikTok isn't on the top of the list. Most Americans ought to be way more concerned about credit card fraud and password protection than TikTok, says Monica Eaton Cardone from Chief Operating Officer at Chargebacks911.com. Chester Wisniewski, a research scientist at Sophos, agreed, saying TikTok doesn't pose any more risk to a user than any other social media sharing application. That isn't to say that there isn't risk but it's not any different from Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. That is businessinsider.com if you need them. So I say it on here all the time, and I mean it. I'm dead serious. If you are wasting your time on social media a lot, that's fine. We all do it. You are doing a major disservice to yourself to not be at least giving TikTok a look. Because it is so much more fun and engaging and algorithmly suited just for you. I believe more than even Instagram's, I think, pathetic attempt to completely copy and virtually online plagiarize everything this app TikTok has done. And it leads me to wondering, is Facebook the least creative, the least unique, and least innovative media company in the world even though they lead in all of that space could they be the worst at it i'll try to make sense of it coming up next Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Stone on air. 
Do you ever think about how excited Instagram Reels people are going to be in like six weeks when they find out about a TikTok trend? Like when Instagram Reels people hear the corn song, they're going to be so excited. It's going to be so wonderful for them. I'm kind of envious in a way. For me, I really like corn. What do you like about corn? This is the latest TikTok trend. The, the guy or guys and gals that put together something like this are the same kind of creators that Nick Lutzko is here locally. Where viral is where it's at. And uh, I don't know that where that came from, that audio there of him saying, oh, isn't it going to be being very condescending? Isn't it going to be exciting when Instagram Reels picks up on the... The corn, it's corn uh, trend in six weeks. Oh, it's going to be so exciting. Because just like all the lame things in the world, they're always six weeks to however long past the peak of the trend. It's corn. It has the juice. It's so funny. I mean, obviously, there's nothing funny about the song when you can't see a video that goes along with it. Cause, so then it turns into a trend sound, and you grab the sound, and you make your own video with the It's Corn trending thing. There's the original video. The Titans did one with It's Kern, who then they cut two days later. I thought that was a little strange. Their punter's name, Kern. It's Kern. Just look at this. So it's so neat, so fun, so harmless. And why anybody would hate on it. Uh, because they're worried about your privacy being any more compromised than it is every day in all the seedy, stupid stuff we all do online every day um, is, uh, is, is foolish to me. Um, but it really is remarkable how Facebook, or as they're now the meta, has really pretty much not innovative much of anything in a long time. And really, the entire concept, the entire... Uh, business, app, website, all that was born in a whole level of deceit as it as it was if you believe things you've read and certainly the movie, you know, the social network, if I think that was what it was called. I actually did see that flick and actually thought it was pretty good, but it's been so long I don't really remember or care enough to, to go back and watch it again or read what did or didn't happen. But there was a lot of uh, deceit and all that from the, from the beginning. There's somebody to not trust. It's, it's Facebook. It's the metaverse. They will do whatever they can to take and borrow and steal and copy and plagiarize their way to the top. And for the most part, because they got such a, a head start of everybody, they're pretty much getting away with it. Now, more on that. We'll come back to that in a minute. First, I have four clips of audio for the third segment. Very rare that I do something like this. And this is just having some fun before I get to some more some things to read about Facebook, the metaverse, and all the different things that the company has ripped off and who they have ripped off from their functions, from their apps. First, though, this guy, his name is Matt Bouchel. At first, I didn't even care because he's, he's not verified, so he's not a bona fide star in any walk of life, but he appears to be a writer, a comedian, maybe even a, an actor, voice actor. And he, I just kept going through his feed and loved so much of it. I'll start this one first off. Again, these are all just to have some fun. It's, it's, I'm calling it, or I just wrote down how to describe it, how Instagram has changed. And hold on, let me turn it up, and here you go. 
It's so funny how Instagram's changed over the years. Like back in the day, you would log on and you'd see like your friend post a photo of a beer he's drinking with like 1,000 filters. So it looks like it was printed in uh, like the 1840s and, and it, would just, it would just say like hashtag happy hour and all the comments would be like, yeah, Steve, like have one for me and like, nice, looks good. And it's like, that was social media. And now you, you get on Instagram and immediately Instagram slaps you in the fucking face and you're like, why'd you do that? And they're like, you will never see your family and friends ever again. And you're like, why? That's, that's all I want to do. And they're like, well, you can on one condition. And you're like, I'll do anything, Instagram. And they're like, you need to watch 1,000 clips of stand-up comedy from people you do not follow. And you're like, okay, I, I can do that. Uh, can I see my friend now, the one that just had a baby? I would love to see the baby. And they're like, yeah, we're going to show you the Reebok summer sale, and we're going to show you this for the rest of your life. And you're like, why? I don't get it. And they're like, because in 2014, you Googled the phrase, good sneakers? And you're like, okay, I, I did do that, yeah. <laughs> It's so freaking true. They have taken TikTok and just create, they just infilter, infiltrated it into what is supposed to just be a picture sharing app. And I really enjoyed Instagram for a long time. And I, the stories, which again, I'll more, more on later that were stolen. I enjoy those. And now it's just turned in like, uh, if I wanted TikTok, brah, I'd be on TikTok. Plus, you're also six weeks late to all the trends. Oh, the yellow lead better thing. Oh, wow, you're just now getting around to that. All right. And the not recent part, um, nothing is recent. Nothing is recent. Twitter is the worst at this. The worst. It's gotten so bad. It's got the worst algorithm in the history of 21st century internet. And I regularly click on anything that's not I, that I don't follow in my feed. And when it says, why don't you want to see this? I put, because it's not recent. And if it was a decent algorithm, then the algorithm would start taking any posts that were not recent and eliminating them from my feed. And it never does it. It never does. Twitter is such a piece of shit media company. The only reason it's ever had any legs would be because of Donald Trump to begin with. And then now because of just it stays in the news and it's the, it's the fastest rapid fire source of information in the world. That's the only reason it stays relevant nothing else that comes from it is worth anybody's time it is the turned into tied with facebook i'd say it might even be worse than facebook uh as of, of an internet wasteland um speaking of twitter and it's i guess it's still my favorite social media even though i just talk so much crap about it because of that instant notification of information that it provides the only thing that it provides here's the same dude bouchelle talking about twitter I think the most uh, disorienting thing about being alive right now is we're just reading the most heinous shit online and then we're trying to do our little jobs. Like, you'll be on Twitter and it'll be like, uh, President Trump text reveals that he said, just bring me Mike Pence and I'll kill the fucker myself. And you're like, <laughs> oh my God. And then you get like a ping and it's an email from your boss like, hey gang, uh, on the Purina dog chow deck, can we fix the typo on page one? It says bow wow mao. It's supposed to say bow wow wowie. Thanks everyone. You're like, yeah, yeah, I'll touch a, a V3. And then you go back on Twitter and it's like, Ohio Attorney General thinks women should not exist. And you're like, Jesus Christ. And then ping. And your boss is like, also, on page five, the client's saying the dogs look a little horny. They look a little too horned up. Can we dial that back a little? You're like, yeah, yeah, I'll send a, I'll fix the horny. And I'll, I'll send a V5. And then, and then you go back online. It's like, guns are now citizens. And you're like, oh my. And then ping. And they're like, actually, the client, they kind of like the horny dogs. So let's just go back to that other V. Uh, <laughs> it's so good. And uh, I don't have anything more to say about that. And um, I had to throw this one in here just because it was also one of the next ones in the stack. Him talking about 
streaming services. And keep in mind, this is just so you get a visual. He's just walking down the streets of New York, looking into his phone, talking into his phone. This is about streaming services. Also, completely uh, spot on. The state of uh, streaming services is so bonkers right now. HBO somehow getting bested by Discovery. Big dick home box office energy HBO. The streaming service with the Godfather was bested by a streaming service that has been coasting on on a week dedicated to sharks for like three decades. Meanwhile, Netflix is like, uh, here's a new game show about like, what if uh, you have to decide, is this art made out of chicken tenders? And we're like, mm, I'm okay on that. Disney Plus is like, we're proud to announce the 19th Star Wars television spinoff. It's called Boonga Boonga, about an alien bounty hunter named Boonga Boonga from Planet Wah. And the trailer will get like sincere, like adults sincerely quote tweeting the trailer like, this could be a masterpiece. Meanwhile, Paramount Plus is like, we're just so happy you found yourself here. And then Amazon is all alone in the corner like, we've got Fleabag 3. And everyone's like, really? You're doing Fleabag 3? And they're like, no. But paper towels are on sale if you have a Prime membership. And we're like, get the shit out of here. Again, his name is Matt Bouchelle. He has 151,000 followers on TikTok with 5.5 million likes. Uh, good stuff. And the final one here before I start looking at all the ways Facebook and Metaverse has ripped off virtually everybody in the, uh, in the Internet sphere is... There's a lot of these out there, and they're all equally good. But this one's... Um, it's if, if Facebook was real life, if you were in, it's almost look, like looks like zombies coming towards you, um, standing around. And if you were in real life and people were just coming at you like a Facebook feed does. The, vi the video makes this better, but the audio holds up without it. This is uh, the final one I got for you here. So when I did pick up the babies today, they were a little fussy, and I was just going to wonder, like, should I have taken their, like, bottles out soon? Are you talking to me? Our family wish this year was to go to Florida to go to Disney World. Cool. I am 22 years old with four kids. I didn't ask you any of that. I trust that God does not judge me based off these tattoos on my body. Why are you just spewing information out? It is with a heavy heart that I have are to you announce that Daryl... Trump be won. Everyone knows it. You probably voted for... Biden. Here's a picture of me and the boys. We went fishing. This is my boyfriend, Chad. He went to his motocross race today what? and he did so good. Drinking monsters and playing calls yeah, yeah, yeah. one day that these motocross races. <laughs> <laughs> very, very, very good. Um, so. I was originally just going to talk about the changes in Instagram and the fact that Facebook seemingly steals every innovation and different kind of feature that every other social media since Facebook has become the behemoth that it is. Every other one out there, they, they either try to buy it or they just steal it. And I, I wonder where the intellectual property laws and uh, patents and copyrights and like how how that applies to internet usage and app development it it would appear it doesn't it doesn't exist at all um, I I don't know I didn't quite go down that road but I did find that if I would just search Facebook and steal or Facebook copy uh, Facebook um, mimic any kind of word get the thesaurus out and just whatever word that involves taking something and and creating it and then displaying it as your own plagiary i guess um it it kept coming up with constant different kinds 
of articles, opinions, and uh, and and blogs about how Facebook they're just they chronically steal everybody's ideas. The first one I pulled up here from Mike.com was shortly after uh, they went created the the new company named Metaverse. Her name's Theomai Bonman Bauman is an artist and a technologist who has been working in the metaverse since well before Facebook bought virtually the, bought the virtual reality company Oculus and suddenly showed interest in the idea. She snagged at Metaverse handle nearly a decade ago in 2012 and has used the account to document her life and highlight her work, much of which has been used in augmented reality technology. Just days after the announcement from Zuckerberg a couple of years ago, her Instagram disappeared. When she goes to log in, it says, your account has been blocked for pretending to be someone else. She attempted to contact Instagram. I'm going to uh, just paraphrase a little bit. Couldn't get anybody to respond. According to the Times, it wasn't until the paper reached out to Instagram that the company finally acknowledged the issue. On December 2nd, a month after Bauman lost access to her account, Instagram effectively said, quote, unquote, oops, our bad. And uh, that's just one that I ran into. Here's another one from CNBC. So this is that was Mike.com, whatever the hell that is. This is CNBC. Imagine waking up to find that the name of the business you created more than a decade ago has suddenly been hijacked by one of the most powerful companies in the world. This dude, Justin uh, Balingio, started a company called Meta X LLC, and the shortened name was Meta. Started the small business 12 years ago to create multi-sensory live experiences, usually virtual augmented realities for events like Coachella. This was from the dude himself, quote, We would like to be compensated for our 12 years worth of building a brand so cool and so valuable that one of the biggest companies on earth and Facebook wanted to steal it from us. And then there's another one from the... the um, Cryptocurrency world. I'm going to read this, and though it doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense to me. This is from Coindesk.com. There's so much, too much to be said about Facebook's announcements that is changing its corporate name to Meta as part of a refocus of, of, on what is essentially online virtual reality. Most of what is to be said is really not good for Facebook. This is a desperation move made in the face of a PR nightmare that has a slim chance of panning out as a market proposition and basically zero chance of reversing the company's declining political and market fortunes in the U.S. and Europe. And this was just after all that stuff was in the news where the information was being shared or being stolen and uh, uh, affecting elections and all that stuff. Uh, quote-unquote, metaverse is the second buzzy concept that Facebook has misappropriated from the block from the blockchain industry. It's likely to be just as poorly executed as Zuckerberg's first craven magpie act. That would be stablecoin Libra, now known as Diem. Libra or Diem or Novi or Calibra, Calibra, Calibre, or whatever was an attempt to steal some vague crypto halo while actually creating a powerful stream of new data for Facebook. Similarly, similarly, the metaverse is a blockchain concept, but you can already tell Facebook's metaverse metaverse will be as big a perversion as is Libra was of Bitcoin. Now, I don't really barely know what any of that means, but it just sounds like basically another attempt for Zuckerberg and Facebook to come in and take someone else's technology, create a currency that, to use a, a, tra a traditional standard money uh, backing, didn't have any gold to back it up, 
and was a farce of a, a of a product. I, I I don't know, but it's just remarkable how many times I look search this stuff and I just find Facebook steals everything. And this just is simplistic on just their uh, their different functions that you might be familiar with as a user. There's Facebook dating, launched after Tinder was so popular. Facebook Places, I'm not familiar with that, but Foursquare. Foursquare's been around for 15 years, just basically to check in where you're at. Hey, I checked in, and I'm at Hair of the Dog. Stupid-ass app, but it was very popular for a while. Guess what comes right after it? Facebook Places. Twitch explodes in popularity. What's next? Facebook Gaming. Uh, Slack, I wasn't familiar with. Facebook Workplace, right after it. After it. Zoom turns into the biggest thing in you know in in, in ten years and in, in twenty years of the twenty first century because of the the stupid pandemic uh, overreaction. And guess what comes next? Facebook Video Messenger. Reddit explodes. Here comes Facebook Groups. Periscope was one of the coolest innovations in social media in forever. Immediately following, Facebook takes it all and turns it into Instagram Live and Facebook Live. eBay does well. What do we get next? Facebook Marketplace. And the one that was the biggest stolen idea that I actually really, really enjoy on Instagram. I truly, truly, really get a lot of uh, pleasure out of the Instagram stories. Well, that was Snapchat's only redeeming quality was its stories. And when they couldn't buy Snapchat, what did they do? They stole the idea of the stories and put it on Instagram, integrated into the Facebook, and then also onto WhatsApp. So really all Zuckerberg and any of his cronies did at any point in the last 21 years, 22 years, was create a, a, a message board, which was basically a, a catalog of a, a, a database of people's pictures and names that really was taken from the main concept of MySpace. You actually can really make a true, real argument that Zuckerberg and his cronies and Facebook and Metaverse have never created any original, innovative, unique, authentic brand of, of technology in the history of that company. They just capitalized on good fortune, on good timing, on good predicting and projections of the market that they're in. It is remarkable the more you look, the more this guy and this company are pretty disgusting, really. And if you're worried about TikTok, why don't you take a look at your Facebook, Instagram mirror and really start to worry about where your information is and who is and isn't available to get their hands on. That's all I got. I never mentioned that I got an early start tonight, so it's not even 10 o'clock. I got time to catch the end of the Braves game. Love you, mean it. Do it again next week. See you later. Bye. Anything else you want to say about corn before we go? Yeah. What?